Uh, I jotted down some Shilas. I, I want to do a little bit different today because I started this year, this style of this year was to follow, there's a Dayan Raskin from London, who, uh, Chabad Dayan, who I feel uh, Makusha to, and, uh, and he does this. Uh, he, he gives a shir like, I think, Matzi Shabbos, and it's just random Shilas, and that's, I sort of, I was into that. But I, I realized that I sort of stopped quoting things. <laughs> I just started talking. But I wanted to get back a little bit to the Makaris. I mean, everything I said, I'd like to think there were sources for. But I'm going to give some Makaris for it so we give a little more uh, validity. Again, we'll run through the Shilas as we do every week. Uh, you know, we'll take questions at the end of each Shila. So Shila number one. Uh, so uh, Bez Hashem, this coming Wednesday, uh, a week from tomorrow, I'm sure you guys have seen, we're going to be doing... Bye-bye, Gavin. We're going to be, uh, we're, we're going to be doing this... Uh, Oh, look at that. We're going to be doing this uh, making tzitzis for the chayalim. Uh, you know, I think it's definitely a nice thing to do. Um, again, it's to do a mitzvah be a dayim for a soldier is definitely a chashavizach. And it's really a mitzvah that the soldiers have accepted upon themselves pretty strongly. I know of a couple soldiers that are not uh, religious, but they're wearing tzitzis. And tzitzis protects, it's bechlal in Indian, uh, you know. You may not be mechuyiv to wear tzitzis at night, but bechlal, you're not mechuyiv to wear tzitzis at all, minatayra, because tzitzis is only if you have a four-cornered beged, then you have to put it on. You don't have to put on a four-cornered beged. It's a rabbinic mitzvah, but the Gemara says that it protects. It protects from uh, the, the, uh, the shasa shmad. It protects. So it's definitely a mitzvah that protects, so it's definitely a nice thing. So the question I was asked is, can a boy under bar mitzvah tie the strings, tie the tzitzis? So... The Shulchan Aruch, I'll just run through uh, some uh, shitas about it. The Shulchan Aruch in Simon Yud Dalid, Sif Aleph, writes as following, writes as, as follows, Tzitzis Sha'as and Eni Yehudi Puzzle. Goyim cannot hang the strings. Why? Because it says, Dabral B'nei Yisrael. B'nei Yisrael v'lei oivik kechavim. Goyim are excluded. Says the Shulchan Aruch, women could tie the strings because even though it says B'nei Yisrael, women are included, they're able to tie the strings. Says the Ramah, that's... Oh, that's, 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 yeah, we said only men, because you'll see. The, that's the Shulchan Aruch, that's the Svardim. But then says the Ramah, Yesh Machmirim. The, the Minig is to be Machmer, we don't have women tie the strings. Now this is Lichachila. Bidi Evid, if they did, it's kosher. But Lichachila, it's better for them not to. Why? So says the Mishabura, because B'nai Yisrael, V'loi B'nai Yisrael, that the Pasuk says B'nai Yisrael, which implies that only B'nai Yisrael should tie the strings, and not, not women. Now because of this, and by the way, you should know, Ravadia says, even Svardim have accepted the approach of Ashkenazim. They don't do it. I will say this though, like I said, if they do tie it, it's kosher. I was told, I don't know if this is accurate, but I was told that in Eretz Yisrael, there are many kahilas that with the tremendous amount of tzitzis needed for the soldiers, they were having women tying it because even though it's not chachila, you got to get it done. But so that's all for women. Now the question is, what about children under bar mitzvah? So here's the question. What's the issue with women wearing it, with women tying it, if it's that because they're not obligated to wear tzitzis? So that's why they're excluded. So that would, ex- that would then children under bar mitzvah, they're boys, they have to wear tzitzis. So they, they would be included, at least they're in the parsha of Chiyuv. But says the Mishaburah, that's not the Pshat. The Mishaburah quotes the Magan of Ram. The Mishaburah says as follows Lichachila, you should not have a child under Bar Mitzvah tie the strings because B'nai Yisrael, V'lay B'nai Yisrael, V'lay Katane Yisrael. That's it. We don't do it. Now, he does bring down that the Arts is Chaim, which is the, the, uh, the, the, 
the Archas Chaim, which is the, the Malbim, I believe. The Malbim disagrees. There are Paisim that disagree. Listen, if they did it and there's a person standing over them saying, say, L'Shem Mitzvah it's kosher. But L'Chachila, it's not L'Chachila. So what I've told people for when it comes to tying this, I said, we're going to try L'Chachila. I'd like to do this L'Chachila for the soldiers. They should wear tzitzis that are done. Mahudir l'choladeis. If we find that there aren't people uh, doing the mitzvah and we need people to do it, then we'll include uh, children under bar mitzvah as well. But the point is, it's a machloikas whether children under bar mitzvah can tie the tzitzis. It's definitely not l'chachila. But yeah, but it's fine. But it's a machloikas whether it's l'chachila. So it's probably best to have adult people do it, especially you're doing it for soldiers. You want it to be done as proper as you can. Uh, that's the first shaila. Now, the second child is interesting. The second child I was asked, I think it's Dover Pashat. I just I, I gave a source in case anybody wants sources, but I think it's a Dover Pashat. Uh, I was asked about someone who is adopted or uh, a stepchild. Is an adopted child or a stepchild, uh, do they sit shiva for uh, a parent? Uh, so, again, it, it could be very common that uh, it's not their biological parent, but they were raised by a step parent, they were raised by adopted parents. Do they have an Indian of sitting Shiva? So the truth is, there is no Chiyuv for them to sit Shiva because it's not their biological parent. But they probably should because there's an Indian of Hakar Satov. The person raised you, even though they're not biologically related to you, Hakar Satov, you should show Hakar Satov. It's like Ramosha Feinstein was asked to Shaila, uh, what's the obligation for a convert to show, uh, what's the obligation of a convert to show respect to his parents that are not Jewish. Well, they're not related to him technically. On a biblical perspective, they're not related. So there's a general rule from the Gemara that's, So let me explain what this means. This is not something I would explain. I, I was once watching like a, a documentary where there was this guy, uh, I don't know, a comedian, whatever it was. He was going to Israel in Tel Aviv and he was talking about, he was interviewing Jews and he interviewed this rabbi and this rabbi for some reason on national television just wanted to describe this concept. What that means is, the Gemara says on the technical, this guy said on television, I have no idea why this would be out of all the things. It's like someone once called me and he said that the guy is giving a shir to women, uh, like high school girls and he decided out of all the halachas possible, he wanted to do the laws of Saita. I said, Wow, what are we doing for? But the Pekitsa, so is that on a biblical level, a convert can marry his mother if they both convert because they're not related. But Chazal said you shouldn't. Why? Because when they were both, let's say, Christian, no one would do such a thing. So now people are going to say, Oh, you went from uh, Christianity to, or, to Judaism. Oh, everything goes by Judaism, and it's it's a bizarre for Klal Yisrael to do to to treat a convert in laws more lenient than they were in their previous religion. People shouldn't say they went from a chashiva religion, Christianity, to Judaism. That's what he decided to talk about. I don't know. So the kids there, so Ramosha Feinstein would say the same thing: uh, an obligation of a convert to show kivur of aim to his parents is not the same chiv that I have for my father. I have many details of halacha. There's a whole semen in Shulchan Aruch about it. They don't have that. But they have to show enough hakar satayv, that they have to show the same level of respect that a non-Jew has to show his parents. Because if you have to show less, then it's like, when he was a Christian, he had a level of honor that he honored his parents. But now he becomes a Jew, now nothing. So it's a bizarre for for the religion of uh, Yiddishkeit. And therefore you have to show at least what they had, which is, or Moshe Feinstein says, you have to be enough that you're not an ingrate. 
a non-Jew has, that's his level of chiv of kivar of and, and so too it is with an adopted parent or, uh, you know, a, 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 a ger for a convert. So the point is over here. So there's no chiv of kivar of when they're not biologically your father, but akar satayv, they raised you, show akar satayv. And akar satayv dictates that for one week, you stop your life, and you, uh, you know, you should sit shiva. Not a chiv, but you should sit shiva. But, here's the details that are important. First of all, all the stringencies that we do, they don't have to necessarily keep. Meaning, if that, let's say, a person, uh, a man is sitting shiva for his stepfather, adopted father, stepmother, adopted whatever it is, he wants to sit shiva for the week. So, Bechavod, he could sit shiva for the week. It's a nice thing to do to Shachar Satayv, that he's not just going about his day, that, that that loss mattered to him. If he wants to take a shower at night, he can take a shower at night. No one has to know. I wouldn't uh, publicize this because, you know, but the, the dictator. The details of stringencies don't necessarily apply. Also, you have to realize one thing. All the leniencies that we apply by Avelis do not apply to him. Meaning, when someone's sitting Shiva, they're not learning Torah. They're not allowed to learn Torah. It's a week of Bittal Torah. But it's fine because they're not obligated to learn Torah. But if you're obligated to learn Torah, you gotta, you got to learn Torah. Another halacha. I once gave this uh, in a share of the misconception share. People don't realize the day that a person buries a loved one, loyalenu, you don't wear tefillin. The first day, you don't wear tefillin. It's not like people think, oh, you're an oinen, that's why you don't wear tefillin. No, no, no. The yoyim rishin, there's no tefillin, yoyim rishin. It's pe'er tachas efer, we don't wear tefillin the first day. So even if you bury someone, and yes, people are going to comment, I heard, I heard, I'm telling you, shulchan aruch. There are maybe other shittas, shulchan aruch, basic halach is the first day now, if there's a period of time between the death and the burial, I'm talking, someone dies, they bury the next day, they bury that day, there is no, there's no tefillin that day, even after burial, even though you're sitting, you're making brachas, you're davening shachas, you're davening mincha mayriv as the chazan in your house. There's no tefillin that first day. But if you're sitting shiva for a step-parent, you, of course, have to wear tefillin. You have to wear tefillin every day. You're, you're, you're obligated in all, there's no aninus, right? Aninus is from the time of death and time of the time of burial. You don't do positive mitzvahs. You don't make brachas, you don't daven. Of course those do apply because the Indian of Avelis is not real Avelis, it's Hakaris Hatoyevdik Avelis. And therefore you would, uh, you would if you want a source, uh, Rabbi Olbam writes this in Sefer Chuk Echaim Daf Lamed Hay. But it's a, it's a Dover Pasha. One more halacha that I wanted to mention and then I'll get into the topic that, uh, that I was going to talk about. And that is um, the concept of, this is more Zalman's, this is, uh, is going to bother him. Which uh, I, literally, it's perfect. It is going to bother you. The concept of saying kaddish at the end of davening when there's no chiv. So you'll sometimes be in a shul where there's no avil. So the end of davening, everyone's like, ooh, okay, you save some time, right? You have shishal yoyim, kave, aleinu, you're out of there. Every once in a while, everyone will be like ready to go, and then someone on the back will start saying kaddish. So what's and 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 zalman will naturally roll his eyes. I don't think you care at this point. But uh, what's the deal with that? So the truth is, there's a Ramah in Simen Kuf Lamed Beis. Look at the words of the Ramah. Might be machloikis between and the Ramah. The Ramah says as follows in Simen Kuf Lamed Beis. We say Kaddish Yasem after Aleinu. Now, after Aleinu is because the Ramah was Ashkenaz. So they did Aleinu at the end and then Kaddish. Our Kaddish Yasem is after Shushal Yom, not after the Iker one. Nusach Sfarit says a lot of Kaddishim, but the main Kaddish for Ashkenaz is after Aleinu, by Nusach Sfarit is after Shushal Yom, and after Kaveh is a Kaddish Jerabana. But the main Kaddish Yasem is after uh, Shushal Yom. It says the Ramah, we say Kaddish. Afilu ein yasem beis knesses. 
even if there's no one sitting saying Avelos for that year, someone should say it. Someone that lost a parent should say it, because there's an Indian to end davening with a Kaddish. And the Ramah says, even if you have parents, you could still say it if they don't mind. Now, I can tell you right that. They mind. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Uh, but I will say this. Chassidim, Chassidim have the minig that while they will not say Kaddish Yosem if you have parents living, they will say Kaddish Darabonon after Kaveh, even if you have parents living. I've seen this many, many times. Chassidim will say it because they say the whole Indian of not saying, meaning, according to the Ramah, there's an Indian to say Kaddish at the end of davening. Someone should say Kaddish. There's two Kaddishim that Nusach Svart has. We have Kaddish Yasim after Shishal Yom, and Kaddish Durabon, not after Elenu, Kaddish Yasim after Shishal Yom, and Kaddish Durabon and after Kaveh. So Kaddish Yasim, you could only say practical minig of Klal Yisrael, you only say it if your parents are not alive, or if you lost one parent. If you have both parents living, thank God, you do not say it because it's an Ayin Hara, and they'll be upset, and we don't do it. But Kaddish is a Kaddish the chassid, the minute chassid, must say it. Either the chazan says it, someone in the kila says it. I've seen it many times. Chassidim will say it. But the point is, someone should say kaddish yasim. Why? So the mishabur explains over there, the kaddish yasim at the end of davening is a part of tefillah. It's a part of davening. Chazal just what they did is they said, listen, instead of the chazan saying it, because if the chazan says it, he's just going to have in mind all of Klal Yisrael. Let let a yasim say it, because it's a big Indian for a yasim to say kaddish during the 11 months after someone passes away, which, by the way, just very agavdik, what's the Indian of saying Kaddish? So there's a Maisa, in, uh, it's in the Zayar Chadash, and, and it's brought down in, uh, in, 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 in other Midrashim, Yaku Yosef on uh, Kiva of Aim brings it down, it's a Maridik Maisa, very, very Bikitzer. The story goes that Rav Akiva was once sitting, uh, it's a very famous Maisa, Rav Akiva, Rav Akiva was once sitting and learning, and he sees a man running in front of him, and the man is not dressed, and the man is blackened with soot, not black as in skin color, but blackened with soot. And he sees this guy running, schlepping wood on his shoulders. So he's obviously startled by this. So he starts yelling at the guy, well, what's the story? So the guy basically tells him, I'm not alive anymore. I'm, I'm a, a, you know, a soul. And I did every Avera in the book. And my punishment is, every day, I have to chop wood, and they burn me in the wood. As he says. So Akiva says, did you ever hear from the malachim that are in charge of you any Eitzah for you? Is there anything I could do for you? So he said, I have one son who's not religious. He doesn't go to shul. He doesn't die. He might have been married to a guy at the time. I don't remember there's different in the Gemara. And the Medjish, he said, listen, I heard if you can get him to go to shul, Davin be the Chazin, and say Kaddish for me, it'll help me a lot. That's what he said. So the Maisa goes, that Rav Akiva got the son, he didn't want, we talked him out of it, finally the kids, so he got him to go to shul, started having him say chaz, bichazin, say kaddish, and by the way, according to one gear, and this is the Ramah, say maftir, by the way, get maftir, that's also a big Indian during the year of Avelis, to get maftir, although practically I would advise a shul not doing this, because I've seen shuls that they only give the Avel maftir for the year if he's a wealthy guy in the shul, and that bothers everybody else in the shul. So, but the point is, is you need to get maftir if you can, and the Gemara goes that the Neshama came to Rav Akiva and he thanked him so much. He says, when he started going into shul, they stopped burning me. And then when he was chazen, they, they elevated, me, elevated me out of the punishment. And then when I said Kaddish, he took me to Gan Eden. A big, big chashavazach. That's the source of Kaddish. By the way, two horrors from this Maisa that you see. Rav Akiva could have said Kaddish. 
This is Rav Akiva, the Gadol Adar. He could have asked Rav Akiva, Vais the Chayist is an Indian for the family member that he could be piled more, he could accomplish more than even the great Rav Akiva. But secondly, you see from the story, and this is a, a sheet of Rav David Feinstein, I'm not saying this is universally accepted, I rather don't think most people don't do this, but it's a sheet of Rav David. I spoke to Eddie about this recently. Rav David's sheet is, you see from this Gemara, that the Indian of, 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 of Kaddish and being Chazin are two independent concepts. Both help the Nisham in different ways. Most people, right, we only say Kaddish for 11 months. The 12th month, we don't say Kaddish. Why? Because the Gemara says, although you're an Avil, you're in mourning for 12 months, right? You can't go to weddings for 12 months for a parent. But we only say Kaddish for 11 months. Why? Because the Gemara says, Mishpat Rishon B'Gehenim Yud Beis Chaydish. Only Rishon go to Gehenim for 12 months. Non-Rishon only go to Gehenim for 11 months. So because only Rishon go to Gehenim for the 12th month, you want to stop by the 12th month. Because if you're saying Kaddish in the 12th month, then it's you like telling you, like proclaiming to everyone, I believe that the person who passed away was a Russia, which God forbid. So we stop after 11 months. But the point is, saying being chazen, you could do in the 12th month. Why not? So, so, uh, so what do you call it? So Rav David Feinstein Shita, most people when they've done 11 months, they just stop. They stop being chazen, they stop saying kaddish. Now, probably the reason why I stop saying being chazen is because it's very, very difficult to be chazen three times a day. It's not an easy thing to do. No one would say that it's an easy thing to do. Rav David Feinstein advised people that during the 12th month, why you, you don't say kaddish anymore because that's ma'orer, the mishpat in Rishayim Gehenim, Yud Beis Chodesh. It implies that the person who passed away was a Russia. Why can't you be chazen? It helps him. And if you could be chazen, why not? And that was that that was that, that shita. Now, your chiyuv does not push off others, right? There is a whole list of order, right? Shloishim beats the year. Yaretzai beats shloishim. Two shloishim, you go with whoever is the main. Uh, his shul beats a uh, guest, whatever. There's a whole order. None of that. You won't win any of that when you're in the 12th month. But if there's no one around to be chazen, and you could just step forward. If it helps the neshama, why not? Um, Okay, so that was what I wanted to mention. Uh, by the way, whether there's a chiv to say Kaddish at the end of Davani or just a minig, a nice minig, Rav Chaim Kinevsky and Rav Vosner feel it's a chiv. So if, this would mean that if, God forbid, someone lost a parent and you're in shul and you could say Kaddish, you should say Kaddish. That is the shita of Rav Chaim Kinevsky and Rav Vosner based on the Ramah. Rav Yashif said it's a nice minig, not a chiv. A nice it's a nice minute. So if you if you could, it's a nice thing to do. But again, like I said, Baruch, I, I mean, I can't. It's hard for me to push people. I, I I think I can't do it. So, but it's it's definitely something that it's not it's not made up. That's my point. It's not like an annoyance for the tzibur. It might be annoying, but it's it's to fulfill the sheet of the rabma because really the chazan should be saying it, but they just left it for yasim. If there's no yasim, let someone else say. So the truth is, I saw the isha so brings down the to do by the end of mincha I don't think I've ever seen that. But the, Mincham, the Isha Yisrael says, if the Ramah's reasoning is correct, which is that you're supposed to end davening off with the Kaddish, then it would apply to Mincha Ma'ev as well. I've never seen that. I, 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 maybe you have. I, I've never seen it. I've seen a Shachris. I've never seen a Mincha Ma'ev. So I don't want to... It's after Shishal Yom. And, and for Ashkenaz, it's after Aleinu. You don't have to do two Kaddishim. It will be after Shishal Yom. One Kaddish. Does it? What do you mean? Like in the street? Yeah. Like, yeah, I guess it would be the same. I don't. It's not a din of the tzibur. It's a din of mincha. Mincha requires a, a shachris. Requires a kaddish at the end. I would assume that it's the same. Again, like I said, it's you know, it's a it's an Indian. Um, okay. So what I wanted to do. Again, if there's any questions, good. If not, we have a few minutes. Um, I, I I started jotting down. I wanted to cover a topic, like to cover it well. I have a lot on it. I'm not going to spend too much time. But the, the Indian of names, 
naming after people. I get, I get asked this a lot, especially, you know, because you have, there's a great-grandfather, there's a tzaddik, I don't, the great-grandfather wasn't religious, I, I know that. they want me to name after this. Just to cover a quick synopsis of the concept of names, some of the details of it, because I think it, it comes up a lot. Um, so I'll mention some. I, I hope to not... Uh, just remember when I go in that if you if you didn't do what I'm gonna say, I'm sure it's fine. Like you know, you understand? Like if you're not supposed to name after this person and you did, okay. For hurachim, I'm sure it'll be okay. So very bekitza. The, the first thing to remember whenever you're dealing with naming children is that the there's a sefer brisavas, a sefer brisavas simin chesay simem zayin. It's a very famous sheet of that reason. Like what's that reason? That reason says as follows. He says kol hashem shabayilam ein b'mikra. The names of a person are not coincidence, like people think. It's not a coincidence. Rather, it is the name of a person, his entire tafkid is somehow found in his name. And a person's name is like a small prophecy that the parents are able to look at a baby and somehow sum up his entire tafkid in that name is a small nevuah. He calls it a nevuah ketana from that result. That's it, just to realize that a name is, is a very chash of azach. Because of this, as we're going to see, there are details of who you name after, who you don't. There's a common uh, thing in, uh, amongst secular Israelis. It's not crazy common, but I've heard it. Well, they'll name after Rishoim, historically. Like Nimrod. Nimrod is the famous Nimrod. Nimrod. As a Nimrod means Merida. It means you're connecting the Nisham of the baby to a, re- a rebellious person who tried to kill Avram Avinu multiple times. So that's not a good idea. Why? Because the name is not just a name of how you call someone. His entire essence is bound to that name. And if you give him the name of a Russia, you're binding, binding that child to a Russia. You give him a Tzaddik name, then you give him... Now that doesn't mean, by the way, that doesn't mean that if you're named after a Russia, the kid's going to be a Russia. Because the same way, if you name after a Tzaddik, it doesn't mean he's going to be a Tzaddik. It just means you're giving him a leg up. He could always override that thing, right? You're giving him a leg up. You're giving him a, a little bit of help. So run. I want to run through a couple uh, couple concepts. Again, happy to c- take any questions. The Lubavitcher Rebbe. This is Davar Pasha. I just give a source for it. In Lakute Siches Chelik Yidbeis, the Rebbe has a has a has a, has a had a statement that is that because of this Arizal, that it's a Nevuah, the only ones who should be naming the child and the only ones who should give opinions about naming the child are the parents. That is it. My mother had a great line recently. I was talking to her about someone. Someone was, uh, someone was involved in a certain shaila. They want a certain name, but the parents have uh, other ideas. And my mother had a great line. She said, "The parents got to name once already. Now it's their turn." And that's, that's it. It's, this is not the grandparents. This is not the in-laws. The parents decide. That's it. And the main thing is shalom. The main thing is shalom. But it's a nevuah katana. So yes, is it nice to name after Uncle uh, Uncle uh, Leo and Uncle this and Uncle that? Uh, of course, it's nice if you can. But it's not up to them. The, 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 the parents have to do what they think is best. That, that's, that's the main objective because it's a Nevoah Katana. Okay, just to run through a couple concepts. Um, who, which, who has the right to name the first child? The father or the mother? Right? So, Zemachleik is Svardim and Ashkenazim. Svardim, Revavadia says, the father gets the first child. And the mother gets the second child. That's the meaning among Svardim. Listen, this doesn't, you know, this sounds very, um, you know, old school that... Uh, the first one goes to the father, and the one goes... But there is a concept of Kadima. So you have it a lot of times where there's a baby boy born to a family, and they already decided they're naming after a grandparent. They're comfortable with the grandparents. They're both grandparents on either side are not alive. So who wins? 
obviously you could always make Shalom and take all the combination names, but they don't want to combine the names. They want exactly like the name of the grandfather. Okay, there's such a concept, it's not crazy to want a name exactly after the grandparent, because if the grandparent's soul is bound in his name, you want to go with it. I understand. So who has Kadima? Ravadia has a Tshuva where he says the first one goes to the father, the second one goes to the mother. That is not the Minig of Ashkenaz. The Minig of Ashkenazim, as I'm pretty sure everyone, came out everyone here who's Ashkenaz said, the mom. The mom gets the first name. Rav Chaim Kanievsky says the reason being is because she just went through the difficulty of childbirth. So she gets, uh, she earned it. She earned the first one, and the first one goes to the mother's name, and the second one goes to the father's name. Again, this is just to try to avoid fighting if there are some minhagim already built in. But I don't think it really works, because I'm pretty sure they're going to fight anyway. But the, you should know that the first one goes to the mother, the second one goes to the father. By the way, there is a minig brought down from, the, the Rebbe used to say, brought down from the Friedrich Rebbe, that there's a minig not to, not to tell Anyone about the pregnancy for a certain period of time, though, I could tell you next time about that. But there is, you know, just to, again, the concept, keep it within the parents. The parents decide, no one else. Um, okay. So when do you name uh, the baby boy and when do you name the baby girl? So we all know the baby boy is at the bris. Now, unfortunately, you have a, a common a, a situation. Is Let's say the baby's not healthy. Okay. The baby's a preemie, whatever it is. They're not going to have a bris at eight days. And Adarabha, not only are they not going to have a bris at eight days because the, ba- the baby's not healthy enough, it's not just a Billy Rubin problem. The baby needs tefillah, needs tefillah. So what most people will do is they just say Tinuk Ben, whatever. They don't give a name. It's not so pashat. Um, the truth is, um, Rav Moshe and the Samarov, their shita was that if the baby is going, the bris is not going to happen, while it's nice to give the baby the name at the bris because that's when the arla is removed and the more spiritually... Very nice. The baby needs tefillahs. It's better to have a name for the tefillahs. Give it early. Ramayi Shita was, you don't even have to wait for eight days. If you know the baby's not healthy and the baby's not going to have a bris for months, give the baby right now. The next Kriya Satara, give him a name. So that way people can daven after that name. That was the Shita Ramayi The stipler was not a fan of that. The stipler disagreed. The stipler felt that, no, the baby does not get a name until the bris. That was the, so that's, again, the point is, if this happens, ask a Shaila, because uh, davening for a name, again, uh, the, the name binds you. That's a, Rabbi Oba once told me that when it comes to, because the name is so chashiv, that's why changing a name is not a pashit thing. Um, I, I can tell you this, there's a shita of uh, Rav Yaakov Hillel. I'm a big fan of Rav Yaakov Hillel. So Rav Yaakov Hillel shita is like this. Let's say there's a concept that you, you add a name when someone's really, really sick. That's the more common application of changing someone's name. Is you don't change it, you add a name. Rav Yaakov Hillel actually disagrees. He was actually of the opinion that if you're going to change the name, like change it entirely, like it was adding going to do, he actually is a, an opinion of his ashita was to completely change it. Rabbi, the argument against that, so I once spoke to Rabbi Olman, Rabbi Olman said, he quoted some Rishonim, I forgot who, but uh, he said that uh, the, the argument against it is sometimes people will, will, uh, will like, uh, you know, they'll change the name, and then the person will, will pass away. He says they don't realize it's because they changed the name. They cut away any source. The only thing keeping them alive was that first name. That, that, that first name was flawed. But, so th- there is, you know, so it, it's, it's Taka, the name binds you to that person's body. So it could be giving a name even before the bris is something that might be worthwhile. Again, if someone's sick, ask a Shaila, ask someone, not just ask a Shaila, by the way. For these things, ask a, ask a, ask a, ask a, a Poisik who's either... A litvish or you want someone who's uh, 
who was aware of Kabbalah concepts, like, you know, like it's an Asriel, you understand? You want someone who doesn't just know halacha, but he also knows what's going on in the neshama a little bit. Um, okay, a couple more things, then we'll, we'll finish up. Just a few more minutes. Uh, what about the daughter? When is the daughter's name uh, given? So obviously we know the minig is to do it uh, by Kriya Satara. The question is, which Kriya Satara? So the Bnei Yisach is that you should do it by the first Kriya Satara after she's born. Monday, Thursday, Shabbos, Mincha, doesn't matter. You don't have to wait for Shabbos, just do the first Kriya Satara. And that's the minig of many chasidim. The Avne Neza disagreed. The Avne Neza said you wait for Shabbos. And that's the minig of other chasidim. If you look, the Neta Gavriel has a whole list. He's got Sons, Kleisenberger, Bells, and this one. He's got like a Rachman's Shiv, whatever. It's a whole, it's all to do. Practical halacha, I've told people, listen, if you want to do it at the first naming, that's beautiful. If there's a reason to wait, like the reason is uh, my wife is unhappy with me doing it, uh, she wants to do it at my shul, or my parents want to be there, and I'm not ready, we don't know if they're in it. Okay, don't, don't stress. You wait for Shabbos. Yeah, Shalom, let's move away for Shabbos. Uh, again, there's different minhagim either way. Um, oh, never got a name by a bris? Or by the Sefer Torah? So, I'll tell you like this. So, yeah. Yeah, no, so I'll tell you like this. I've seen many videos, <laughs> Paskin based on videos, I've seen many videos of people going to the Rebbe. There's a whole uh, collage I could send you of, especially amongst Russian women, they did not have uh, you know, Kriya naming, and they, you know, said to the Rebbe, I don't have a Jewish name, and he said, well, what's your secular name? And they said, you know, uh, Rose, and, and he said, okay, Rachel, and that was it. Uh, I, I, yeah, so it definitely could be done outside of a Sefer The Minigs do it by Sefer but it's evident from those stories that he did it right then and there. So it, it can be applied even if it's not at a Sefer but the Minig is obviously to give the, the girl's name by a Sefer and there's Kabbalistic reasons for that as well, but obviously if the person didn't have it, then, uh, you know, you call yourself that. That's also that's also a form of a, a name. I will say this, though, by the way, for the record, just completely agav, I didn't know I'd be getting into this. If you change your name, let's say someone's sick, they add a name, or stam, they become more religious, so they completely change their name. you got to ask a shayla, is a machlegis, I believe it's a Moshe Sternbach and a Vosner, um, you might have to change a ksuba. Uh, it's, it's something. Uh, right? A woman got married, and in her ksuba, she didn't have a Jewish name, so they called her Sandra, or whatever, so she wrote Sandra. And then she gets uh, become more religious, now she's Sara. She, now she's Sara, I don't want to be Sara. Beautiful. It's machlegis, you might have to change a ksuba. You might have to update the ksuba, because... That name is no longer relevant. It's a machloikas. You have to ask a shayla. And the ksuba is not something to mess with. You've got to make sure the ksuba is up to date and done properly. But it's something you have to ask a shayla. It's a machloikas, and a shayla must be asked. We'll just end with this. Um, okay. Uh, I probably shouldn't do this. You know what? I'll, I'll do it. Why not? What's the difference? Um, I'll say this. Ask a shayla. Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Weinberger once gave a share on this, and I remember he said this, and like all the hands were being raised, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm sure it's all fine for everyone here. There is a concept that when a lot of times you have a baby, that you'll want to name after a family member. But sometimes people will name after a family member that had a different sex than the baby. I would say this. Let's say you have a little baby girl, and you want to call her uh, uh, Mindela, after a grandfather named Mendel. Uh, That's not advisable, um, because Al-Pikabal, this is from the Sefer Sharbir Hazahov, uh, it's not a very wise thing to do. At least many Paiskim are against it. Sitzliezer was not a fan. Rishon Mizam was not a fan. Because when you have a baby girl, 
and you give her the name of a boy, you're connecting her neshama to that of a male. And uh, we want them to be very feminine for giving birth, and it's, it's, not, it's not the best thing. By the way, what's interesting is the opposite the Svarim do not have a problem with. Calling a boy after a girl, that they don't have an issue with because... Uh, I guess that just makes them a little more feminine and makes them nicer. But I will say this, we're seeing the world now, I don't know, I, I want to keep the sex of the baby just more separate and defined, but but th- that is not as big of an issue. But naming a girl after a boy is not something I would do. Now I will say this, that's only if you're actually naming it after that. If you had a grandmother named Mindy and she was named after a grandfather, that, that's fine because you're not naming after the guy, you're naming after your grandmother. But th- it's just something to be nisbina. Now if you did, I'm sure it's fine. I wouldn't worry about it. There are a lot of rules when it comes to names to try to help. Listen, Alpida Arizal, it's good for a woman to have a name. I probably definitely shouldn't be saying this, but from that result, it's good for a woman to name her with a letter hey in her name. It'll help for childbirth. That's something hey for Heroya. And, um, now, that doesn't mean that's why the Arizal said that Rachel Imeno had a hard time, and that's why her midwife was Bilha, two hey's, one for her, one for Rachel. Now, that, does that mean that every woman with a hay, every lay is going to have children, and every rachel's not? No. You'll have layers that have a hard time having children, and you'll have rachels that have a very easy time having children. It's just one of these things where you want to make it easier and you want to help it. So one of the things to just, for the future, again, what was done in the past, I'm sure it will be successful and everything will be matzliach, but in the future, when you figure out the names, try to, girls after girls, guys after guys, Guys after girls is not such an issue, but a girl after a guy, I, I would, I would uh, again, the rugged Trevor was Michael, so you have what to rely on if the rugged Trevor going, but if possible to be Machmer, I would, I would try to keep it, keep it clean in that regard. All right, we'll stop here. Maybe the next time we'll talk about, there is one last Shiloh I would talk about, not now, maybe next time if there's an interest to talk about naming after someone who, you know, Loyalena, we just had on October 7th, uh, an astronomical amount of Jews who were killed, um, and they were killed young, Loyalena, and Naming after them. Is that an issue? I'm sure it'll be fine. But what it hates is the, the main Shiloh that maybe we'll talk about next time is because I'm Dav Meyerson. I'll tell you one, one quick Shiloh the person deal with. What if the person that you're naming after wasn't religious or he wasn't observant? You have a grandfather. He wasn't religious. He was a good person, but not religious. Is it an issue? So there were opinions, or Moshe Stambach Shita was that when you're naming after someone, you're not naming after their religious actions, you're naming after their midos. So he said it's not really important to find out how religious they were. You have to find out what type of person they were. If they were good people, then it's fine. If they were a bad person, I mean, the guy was a jerk. Even if he was Shemir Shabbos, that's, that's not the best fan. But I will say this, practical Aitzes, if you're going to name after someone who's, who's not, let's say, observant, there's always three Aitzes. And that is, you slightly change the name, uh, you add a name, or the easiest Aitza is, let's say the person you want to name after, his name was Moshe. Moshe was your grandfather, he wasn't religious at all. See, here's what you do. When you're naming, when you're telling the Gabai the name at the bris, here's what you have in mind. You think to yourself, Hashem, if the baby should be named after my grandfather Moshe, then Moshe is who I'm naming after. And if this is not good for him, it's Moshe Rabbeinu. And you know what? No one will ever know except for the father. The mother will think that she named after her grandfather Moshe. The, fa- the mother-in-law will be happy, everybody happy. Do they have to know you thought about Moshe Rabbeinu? No one has to know. You don't have to be the one who tells them that ever also. You just, that, that's a, just an aid, so just to avoid all problems. That would also be a, a way to avoid, if you want to name after, we'll t- maybe deal with this next time. It's because it is fascinating about how you spell the name Akiva and Gedal Yohu and Yeshaya, right? Yeshaya. 
Yahu is the Navi, but we always name him Yeshaya. So according to the Mar- Marshal, it's because we don't name after someone who was killed in Yeshayahu, and he was killed by his grandson Menashe. So because of that, we just change. It's a different different person entirely. So there is an Eitzah, if you're going to name after someone who Leilein, who had a difficult life or was killed, uh, especially killed young, there would be an Eitzah. Just again, you don't have to tell them who you're thinking of. You think of someone else. But we'll talk about this uh, maybe next time. We'll dive in, uh, dive in my Nafas, okay?